Welcome to Health Law Talk, presented by Shahardi Sherman Williams. Health law broken down through expert discussion, real client issues, and real life experiences. Breaking barriers to understanding complex healthcare issues is our job. And good morning, good afternoon, or good night. Whenever you're listening to this, this is another episode of Shahardi Sherman Williams Health Law Talk. Conrad Meyer, healthcare attorney here in the studio with my co-host, Rory Berlina, distinguished, learned, intelligent healthcare counsel. Rory, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good, actually. It's, it's, it's a beautiful day. It's a Thursday, so we're kind of rounding out the week. We're in April now. In, uh, in New Orleans, and NOLA, you know, 504, MSY, whatever you want to call it. And um, I, I think it looks really good, you know. Just had the Easter break, so everybody's back in school. Things are good. And, uh, and of course, when you get back from vacation, you know, work-wise, That's right. things start hitting the fan. And, uh, you know, today's episode, you and I are going to talk about something that, that recently happened to one of my clients, but I think... Um, something that we really kind of don't talk about with respect to physician practices, uh, vendor agreements. Right, right. Really good, really good, really timely topic. Like you, like you mentioned, I haven't had any issues come up with one lately. Um, in the past, I've definitely seen issues, but it's something that in the healthcare world, you're, you're always getting these vendor agreements to look at. There's some things that we can negotiate, some things that usually we can't. Um, but we're here to talk about some of the, the issues and pitfalls that we've seen with those agreements. And, and interesting you said that when, they, when the clients actually give us the vendor agreements. I mean, a lot of times the practice administrators will just take it upon themselves to review it, right? Because they don't want to spend money on attorneys. Right. And then they'll just go ahead and sign off on it. And usually what happens, and in my case, when, when stuff hits the fan, you know, or things start going downhill, is when you you or I get the call. Sure. After it's been signed, after right. it's rolled out, after they've brought in the the team from out of state to, you know, launch the product or train their staff and they're in it for a few months and they've spent time, money, resources, and right. then something goes wrong. And, and then you're like, okay, well, here's the problem. Like, you know, there's not a lot of wiggle room at that point to fix it. And so what do you do? So I thought it would be a good idea. We're going to sort of do this as a multi-part series. Yep. So today we're going to talk about vendor agreements in general and some of the pitfalls and some of the things that you might want to watch out for. And then in a, in a couple of weeks, we're going to bring in uh, one of the uh, one of my clients who is a physician who was going to talk about you know their specific vendor agreement and what happened. So with that being said, vendor agreements, Roy, what what... What, first off, what's a vendor agreement? Sure. I mean, there's so many, and we could do a whole episode just on the kind of EHR vendors. But, you know, the vendors are everyone, everything from the clean company that comes in overnight to the company that takes your equipment and sterilizes it to the per- the person who manages all your computer systems. Yes. You know, um, it, it, it's the whole gamut. You know, there it's anything that you're not doing essentially in-house with your staff. Yes. You're going to hire a company to do it. In hospitals, you know, healthcare systems, you need, like I said, everything from who's going to clean at night, who's going to pick up your needles, who's going to dispose of your biohazardous waste. All of those things, you know, are going to have some sort of vendor agreement. And some of them are, I don't want to say not as important as others, but, you know, some of, some of these vendor agreements we definitely need to take a closer look at compared to others, depending on what they're doing, the costs associated with it, and the risks associated with it as well. 
And, and I agree with that. So, and usually, I mean, like I, I would say that's like, you know, your vendor agreement for environmental services. I mean, I, I would say that I don't think that's one that would be flying across my desk uh, or yours. I think, right. and you're right. So there is going to be some selectiveness in terms of that. Um, the one that, that I see most often and the one that seems to be discussed are really two types. It's, it's the EHR, yep. right? And that could be, you know, uh, the EHR that's sort of combined with claims processing, so right. sort of like a billing agreement and an EHR agreement. Because so many companies have the EHR, but they want you to add on that billing and claims backhouse as yeah, well. absolutely. You know, we can name several companies that do that. And then, of course, then a straight medical billing type of of, uh, of arrangement. Sure. So the straight medical billers who just want to come in and do the claims processing and then your EHR combined. So, and the reason I think, because those comp models involve percentages. Correct. That's where the, that's where the money is. That's where the risk is. That's yes. it, it. It's, and it's the lifeblood for a lot of these practices. So you have to give it some serious, you know, thought and, and give it some respect when you're looking at those agreements, because if you choose a company that either is not reputable or they're new to market, or they've got something in there that's overlooked by your administrator, you know, it could, it could literally shut down the flow of cash in and, and uh, really hamper your practice. And, and, and I miss, I forgot one. I think any practice management company that would come. Yep. Yeah. So I left one out. So practice management companies who will come in and, and market to a practice that, that's oh, again a percentage based or on some revenue cycle sure. management right uh in ehr and in a, a medical billing so those are the I think the three big ones sure uh <clears throat> that i that i think you know would, would fly across the desk so m- the issue is is what do you look for and 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 why are those so important and i and i alluded to it a moment ago it, it it's the compensation in other words mm-hmm. they're taking a percentage of the gross revenue that comes in right. from the medical billing. And usually I find now, like in today's world, that percentage can have a range, you know, anywhere from at least four and a half to, to 5% all the way up to seven, 8%, maybe mm-hmm. even more. Sure. And so uh, to your point, I think that when, when a practice sees that number one, the first thing I think that the administrator says is this percentage, you know, is, the, is this a normal fair market percentage? Sure. Because they've never seen it before. And, and then the, the second question is, is, okay, what am I actually signing here? Because it, it, to me, I don't care if you're a physician practice management, which a lot of there's a lot of companies out there that, that do that. I don't care if you're EHR plus claims or just straight medical billing. The first question is, in my mind, is what are you going to do for my practice? That's exactly, as you were talking, I was thinking, what are the most important things that I think of when I see these? And it's usually two or three things. It's what are they going to do for us? Yes. And how do we get out of it? That's exactly right. Th- those are the two things that I, that I typically look at. And then there's a, there's a huge bucket of, I think I'd say smaller things to be concerned about. But the big things are, you know, what is this vendor going to do for you? Is it, it needs to be very clear what they're going to do and not do, mm-hmm. including the data part. And then how can we get out of this and what's it going to cost? You know, how hard is it going to be to shift away? And I think talking about the first part, what are they going to do for you? That's probably where a lot of the the details are in the agreement. And that's where you or your, you, you or whichever attorney is involved needs to talk with the practice administrator to make sure everyone's on the same page. Cause a lot of times they'll give you like a deck page or like at that front sheet that says, you know, here's what we're going to do. And here's the person. Oh, and, and then, and then, and then that deck page will link 
online to a master agreement. Correct. Correct. Which right? we have and to no, go. And no, no one looks, and at, that. looks at that. Nobody right. looks at that. I just had that on my desk the other day. It was like a one page agreement. And then, but there's six links of all their other agreements after that. Um, it, it's really important to know, you know, what they're going to do for you. Timelines are very important. Right. You know, what's like their uptime or their live time. If, if we're talking about it, like an EHR system or a billion claims, you know, are they going to take responsibility for things that are coded wrong or billed wrong? That that's come up a lot because if you know, if there's some sort of recoupment or clawback and it was done, if it was a system error, that's come up. Um, I know that that's come up with uh, a few years ago. There was a big company. I'm trying to blank on the name of it, but there was a big issue with meaningful use and how they program their software. And they program their software to get their clients in that higher kind of bucket for higher reimbursements. And they were manipulating the software and their clients really weren't meeting meaningful use. And the issue came up, who's responsible for that? You know, is it the EHR vendor or is it the, the client? And the government kind of split the baby on the answer, but the EHR vendor got in a ton of trouble on that. Yeah. And, and, and I agree with you there it's, uh, because when you look at a physician office, whether it's EHR you know, because there, there are specific things, I think, that are pertinent to, to each of these types of, of vendors, uh, whether it's an EHR, because now I'm thinking about, okay, if it's EHR, I'm thinking like one of the things you just said, what's my uptime, downtime, response time, HIPAA compliant time, you know, how does my BA business associate agreement going to look with my vendor, especially if it's a cloud, if it's HIPAA compliant, you know, if they, if they have, do they have downstream requirements, who's liable and you know what kind of company are they especially with to, to your point if there's a meaningful use issue or god no god forbid a breach where ocr is involved sure. and you get fined and it's really the the ba's fault you know do they have the money to pay that you know what's the liability for them and then if it's claims like a medical billing physician revenue cycle management or the combination ehr claims how hard do they work the claims I mean, it's easy the first 30 to, you know, 45, 60 days, you, you get your first row back. Once you submit the claims, you get paid. But then after that, any, like you said, recoups, uh, ref, you know, refunds or denials, correct? Uh, excuse me, denials and recoups. How hard is that company going to go work your claims? Sure. And how hard are they going to work for you versus working for others? I mean, is it a, is it a big company that is doing this for everyone? They've got, you know, tons of resources to do it, or is it a new company getting off the ground? You know, do they have the knowledge and expertise in this field or are they new to it? Those are all things that everyone needs to definitely do their homework on to make sure that you're comfortable in entering into these types of more important vendor agreements. And and I think, too, if you're an EHR combined claims, right, where you're kind of taking your EHR and the back office of that company generates your claims for you to submit to the payers, what, in other words, what is the software doing right, to your point about meaningful use, think of it from a claim standpoint. How are they coding, like an E&M code, the level? I mean, are they, is, is the software automatically issuing a level three or four or five, or is, is that dictated by the physician? And if it's not, you know, because the practice, when you want to maximize revenue, of course. Sure. But is the software improperly upcoding levels of E&M service where you get caught? Right. Get caught, yeah. So, so I think, and that's where the the administrator needs to be very involved in understanding the process when they look at the vendors. Sure.
I think that is probably the most important thing to look at when you're looking at these vendor agreements from revenue cycle, you know, billing EHR. It's also really important to look at the data and who owns that data and how hard is it to get that data out. I know the government is taking a lot of steps to try to make some sort of universal data set where, you know, you can move data from EHR to EHR vendor. I don't know if that's going to be possible to do. Across systems, like from Epic to something else. Correct. Right. I don't know if that's going to be possible to do, but but that's really important because inevitably, unless you're with a, a system that you know works great and you have no problems, you're probably going to need to try a couple. And so, getting that out and transitioning that, are they going to help you? I mean, I see a lot of vendor agreements where it says like, you know, if you terminate, you have to, you know, once there's a termination, you have to give us written notice within ten days that you want our data, and if not, it's erased. And basically, don't don't talk to us again. So, I mean, that that's pretty unreasonable to right. do. And then what format is that data and information in with this with this vendor? Is it something that... That you can actually use. That you, can you use? Can you bring into your new system? Are right. you going to have to pay them to put it in a different format? I mean, those are all things that have come up for me. I know we're focusing on the, the EHR and, and billing side, but we definitely want to talk about some other vendor agreements. But that's that's really important is you know you have to think about the breakup and and what's going to happen when you need to get your data out and, so, and now you bring up a good point um when i look at a contract one of the first things i look at how do i get out sure i mean that's great you know i want to I, 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 I like what you're offering you know it sounds great how am i going to get out of this and what are the ramifications of me getting out right yeah is it going to be you can get out at any time but you have to pay out the remainder it, is yeah, there that, an early and, termination and, and, fee? And, and, and what, what it, correct, correct, you know, termination fees, and then, of course, tech support, support. Sure. Cross-compatibility with whatever new Because once, once you I give mean, notice that you're done with them, they're, they're not going to bother done. with you anymore. They're so, done, right. So, so they have no incentive. Stick a fork in it, we're done, out of here. To help right. you. So they might mail you a, a, you know, a flash drive and say, here's your data, best of luck with whoever you go to next. Right. And, and if, if you're a practice, right, and, and, I mean, obviously cash flow is extremely important, you might have a problem where you're stuck for 30, 60, 90, God forbid, 120 days with no operational cash flow. Sure. Or is it something where it's so bad but you're too scared to leave this because vendor? They, well, because they got you. Because they've got you and they, you know that it's going to shut down operations for, for too long. And, and one of the things that, that – vendors do is to strategically position themselves some of them to to do to do just that sure so for example let's just you know say some a more egregious example a vendor an ehr vendor with a bit with a billing contract that has a rate of like say five percent okay and then they have a termination without cause provision for 90 days or even 60 let's say 60 okay and the tech support is very vague in terms of downtime or uptime, and the data ownership, like you said, isn't really clear. It's not clear, right? So that all that vendor has to do to strong arm that practice is come in and say, hey, look, we're not happy with the 5% billing rate, okay? We're going to want 6 or 7%. You're talking about gross revenue, too, okay? Sure. Gross on top of everything, right? Six or seven percent, not to mention all the tech support fees, training fees, oh, yeah. up the, all the other fees that get associated because they, they loop in there, right? And sometimes, through, like you said, through the deck sheet, through the link to other agreements that you don't even read. Right. So they're going to strong arm you. If you don't agree to the six, six and a half, whatever, seven percent, we're just going to terminate the contract without cause, and in 60 days, we're out of here. 
So they're forcing you. They're, they're forcing you. They're forcing you to eat the the, the vegetables. Yeah. They're, either you take it's my way or the highway, and if and you it, don't pay it, go find someone else. Go who's find probably going to charge close to it, right? Because they're picking that number because their competitors are doing it Correct. most likely. But you're going to have so many more costs associated with switching. So, so when you look at those kind of agreements, whether it's you know revenue cycle, EHR, medical billing. I mean, there's so much that goes into, in addition to just the fee, you have to think strategically of how can these people get me right and what do I need to do to protect the practice and cover everything, the extra hidden fees that you might not be aware of, right. the cross-compatibility of data that you might not be aware about, uh, what kind of, of access to data. Because a lot of times, if you have your own people that can then go look at the claims, right, they need access to data. And if... The vendor says, well, like you just said, hey, we're out of here in 60 days. We're done. And they cut off all claims data. You might be leaving thousands of dollars on the table because your people don't have access. Right. Yeah. I think that it's, it's you know, that is, like we said, what are they going to do for you? And then the, the termination. Those are the, the big things to look at. You know, after that, so other things I think that are always important to look at is and a lot of times these vendors are going to put in there the governing law jurisdiction in the state where they're they're found oh, yeah. where their That's attorney a good is point. good point you know i always try to get that in the state where we're actually operating a lot of times that's unsuccessful just because they're like no you know we're we have one set of attorneys or we're incorporated in new york so we're doing everything in new york you know that's more that becomes up a, a, a sometimes more of a business decision on, you know, are you okay with that? Let's God forbid nothing happens. But if it does, we're going to have to get an out of state attorney to deal with that. I think that's, um, you know, something important to look at. And then also to that point, what do you do then? So let's just say like to your your example, right? It's a a New York company. They don't want to do anything. New York law, New York jurisdiction. I mean, do you, do you then try to say, okay, fine. Well then I want an arbitration clause or a mediation clause that allows me to mediate and arbitrate right in my location. Yeah. I think that that's, that's typically the fair compromise is, yeah. is getting that in there just so you don't have to go, you know, if there's a, if you think that there's a breach of the contract, you don't have to right. hire New York council. If you're here in Louisiana and fight that there, I think that that's a, a, a fair compromise. But how often do you get an agreement from a client before you even get to that point? I mean, that, that's the thing. Yeah. How many doctors sit down and they, right. A lot of times it's, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late and, and you're stuck with it. And, 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 and the sad thing is, and this is one thing, I think this is why this podcast is, is really important, especially for providers in practices, um, is because Pennywise pound foolish. Sure. Pennywise pound foolish. Sure. And look, let me tell you, doctors are very smart. I mean, they, they wouldn't do what they do if they weren't very smart. Right. However, you, you, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And so I, I think, and it's always been my position to have a very trusted attorney, right, healthcare attorney, who literally can walk you through your practice that can be there for when you need. Sure. You know, and, and utilize that person. That doesn't mean you have to pay them a general counsel fee. Right. But, but you know, I don't think, I think when, you, when, you, when you're trying to avoid the mines or the, the bodies where the bodies are buried, it's very effective. Yeah, I think that, you know, to kind of self-advocate for ourselves or for someone in this field. Yeah, this know, wasn't a commercial for us. I mean, I mean, but we've, but all seen, we've all seen we've it. all seen the vendor right. agreements exactly. for all the different industries. So I know when I get a vendor agreement for 
a staffing agency, I know I need to make sure that there's language in there that if we don't like somebody for a reason, they get removed immediately right, exactly. and, it, and they need to be substituted out. I know that there needs to be a pool of people. I know that they need to meet like our background check policies. You know, in the EHR world, I know that we need to really focus on what they're going to do. Is there going to be a cost to get this data out? Are they going to help us transition it? Like there's there's little tech, niche tech support, things. training, data, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, right, th- there's really right. niche uh, things. I know if we're doing like Sterles and Sharps, those type of vendor agreements, it needs to be ensured that they've got all the certifications. They've got all the insurances. If they get fined, they're not going to pass down to us for improperly disposing of things like that. I know if it's uh, in agreement with, you know, the, your IT company or the people that do right. all your docu shreds or the people that come in, uh, you know, dispose of stuff that got a really good BA and they've got good insurance because if there's some sort of breach, we don't want those fines from OCR to come down to us if they, you know, if they don't shred something and it flies out the truck and someone finds it. And that's not to say that a practice administrator doesn't have the knowledge, training, right. experience right. to do that. But I think when you when you're working on the same team and you have an, a healthcare attorney who is like you said, like you understands all of these ramifications of the niche vendor agreements, um, that a practice administrator should utilize all of the tools they have in their tool yeah. chest. And so, you know, I, I I think it's 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 wise. Sure. But uh, you know, I mean, I'm sometimes people don't want to do that. So right. the problem is, like you said, though, how do you? What do you do when you get that, oh, oops call, right? And it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. There's really nothing I can do. You sign the agreement. It is what it is. And we've got a company that's out of state with New York law. So now we're calling attorneys in New York saying, hey, we want out. And they say, okay, we'll pay Pay out the the remainder of your contract. You got got three years left. Pay it all out. Yeah. And so those are the calls that that I hate to get because – your client gets stuck with it and they end up riding it out being unhappy or their staff is unhappy with the software or whatever it may be, you know, in the, in, if you're doing your vendor agreements for devices or, um, you know, implants or something like that, looking that at that exclusivity, because if you bring in another group of docs and, you know, they don't like device company a stuff and they want device company b but that you just signed a five-year deal to order all these implants from device company a you're stuck you know what are you going to do right and and you 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 agree to purchase a certain amount and if you don't purchase a certain amount they're just going to bill you for the difference you know that's that's really big in like the ortho the plastics world spine because a lot of these doctors they get very loyal to certain brands and certain reps and yes. and when they move over they say well I don't want to use A I want to use B and so if you but if you've already got a contract with A you know what are you going to do how can we how can we make this work to keep the doctor happy with also not breach an agreement well and and that's that's a good point you know and and, and I find the whole business very interesting because you've got reps pushing devices that that's definitely another that's another, another conversation, podcast another conversation but right but you got these sure. rep, reps who, who their livelihood depends on selling quantity right then you've got cutters like their practices who rely on cutting for right their livelihood right right and then you know and then you got vendors who look at okay i need to make my cut my cut too sure so your revenue needs to be on the line Otherwise, because you know they're doing micro, uh, they're looking at they're doing the uh, the data management. They're seeing how much how much claims come in. So, if year one, you know that group has let's say ten million dollars of claims, 
and they set their benchmark level at 5%. We're going to take 5% sure. of the $10 million. Okay, that's, that's $500,000. Right. That, that in, in their mind, that's the fee. In year two, let's say those claims drop down to $8 million. Well, then now they lost $100,000. Right. Well, they're going to come back and say, well, you know, hey, look, our billing fee was 5%. And uh, we were guaranteed X amount of claims. You dropped that. Well, either you agreed to an amended contract at 5.4% or whatever, 5.2 or sure. 5.5, or we're going to terminate you without cause. Yep. And then you and have to luck. start this whole, whole process thing, over. Correct. And move over, and you've got to change all your so either Either way, you take it, right? Because we're going to because you, you have to come back to us anyway. Right, right. Either you, t either you take what we're offering now, or we're going to terminate, and then you know, I don't care if we lose you or not. And that you're going to have to pick a new company, onboarding, change all your systems, and then you're at 120 days. Right, right. So, no, and, that's, that's, and a big, that's a big deal. I think that's going to be the topic with our next guest. It, it will be. It will be some more facts and circumstances on, on those because yeah, the, these vendor agreements look. Everyone knows that the healthcare is, I think it's the second or first in, in GDP in the United States. It, it's definitely. We're one fifth at least. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is where the money is right now and it's only going to continue to grow as the population ages. So all of these companies see that. So everyone wants, I mean, these Amazons, all the tech companies, everyone wants to get into healthcare. They see that that's where the money is and the government pays for it. So that's also another big incentive. There's not a whole lot of things that, the government reimburses for, but healthcare happens to be one of them. So there's a lot of people that want to get into this air quote space. And so you have to be really careful with who you choose to help you out because if you choose the wrong person, it can be hard to get out of or it can be very costly. So let me just say this. I mean, I, I, I know a lot of times we ask our listeners to send emails or something like that and, and, you know, give us comments or suggestions. And I've got, we've got a couple uh, I would ask, you know, our providers who listen to this and who will, you know, if you have an experience with a vendor and you've had issues dealing with some, some of the things that we discussed today, that you reach out to us. I mean, I would love to have you on a subsequent show so that you can educate other physicians, other providers, don't have to be just physicians, it can be facilities, it can be ASCs, it could be anything. Yeah, it could be a horrible story about the cleaning company that you had yeah, and how you oh, had absolutely. to get them or... or Whoever it is. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to come on the show and you want to, you know, talk about experience so that you can educate others and 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 help other facility managers, hospitals, practices, whatever, not fall into the same bear trap that you did, or you just want to talk about it, we'd love to have you. Love yep, to have you. Absolutely. You know? I think Rory, I think that's going to wrap it. Any final thoughts on vendor agreements for the providers? No, just, you know, work with your practice administrator, you know, work with your counsel because they've probably seen, you know, where the holes are and they could help you avoid them. Excellent. Excellent. We're, you know, food for thought, words for advice from the excellent, intelligent Rory Bellina. Anyway, we're going to wrap that up, folks. Uh, we really appreciate your time letting us come in and, and uh, share our thoughts with you uh, regarding vendor agreements. We'll be having some special guests for us coming up soon. And until that time, everyone stay safe. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to Health Law Talk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Health Law Talk presented by Shahardi Sherman Williams. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel. Make sure to give us that five-star rating and share with your friends. Shahardi Sherman Williams is providing this podcast as a public service. 
This podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast does not constitute legal advice, nor does this podcast establish an attorney-client relationship. Reference to any specific product or entity does not count as an endorsement or recommendation by Shahardi Sherman Williams. The views expressed by guests on the show are their own and their appearance does not imply an endorsement of them or their entity that they represent. Remember, please consult an attorney for your specific legal issues.